0: 37th Parallel on America's Haunted Highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Pixelated Paranormal. This here be two forty-three, mm-hmm. and Ooh. I am, of course, I'm Sean. With me as always is Preston. Preston, how are you, buddy? Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready for that vacation. That's you know not going to happen until October, but uh, <laughs> the yeah. one that's four months away.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love how you refer to your wedding as the vacation. <laughs> Uh, we won't tell Jeffrey. She doesn't have to know. No, we are,
0: we've are. we we've already talked about it because the other day she's like, look, I need you to be honest with me. Are, are you more excited for the ceremony <laughs> or are you more excited for the honeymoon? And I just looked at yeah, her point blank. I'm like, honey, I'm more excited for the honeymoon. I'm like, so it's, it's we're going to say I do. We're going to cut the cake, let people get some beers, and then kick everybody the fuck out so we can go <laughs> enjoy ourselves wow. for two weeks. And not deal with anything And she's like You know I no. feel the same way And I'm like Okay good I don't feel like an now, asshole No
1: be honest though What really happened Is she's like Are you excited about The honeymoon or the ceremony And she heard you Mutter under your breath Ceremony Ceremony Hmm Oh, oh yeah yeah The ceremony Yeah <laughs> What did uh, Oh you
2: jackass What uh, What did I say That's cool man I'm happy for your Waiting That's about to be happening In some months
1: Oh man, damn it, I was going to do a nice little, uh, we have a surprise special guest on this episode, (laughs) Big Stephen, but yeah, there we are. Anyway, yeah, Steve's back, hooray! What up, everybody? (sighs) Got the family back together, we're back in the paranormal Cadillac, just cruising down the highway. I still got COVID farts, so everybody probably appreciates that. What's that? Oh yeah. Uh, You know, I was talking to a friend of ours and I will save her name um, because I don't know if it's an embarrassing story or not. But when we were down at Frightmare Weekend, Shayla and I ran into some friends of ours and (laughs) one of our friends and I were talking and she just said, hey, uh, you had COVID too, right? Do you still have those wicked COVID shits? (laughs) And I, I don't know what it is if this is this way for everybody, but apparently a lot of people who had COVID... Uh, one of the long-term weird side effects is the smell of your fecal matter and your farts doesn't smell normal. It smells really gross and and odd and like almost like a weird plasticky, rubbery smell. Weird. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you rip one in the car with the windows up, it's even worse than it was before you had COVID. Mm. Burnt rubber.
0: Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gross
1: Well how's that for an intro everybody Oh boy it's good to have you both back Yeah Well let's just not I don't know Steve you got anything else to add No not really
2: Just been uh, kicking it And then enjoying it Went to the the good old Arch in St. Louis For mine and my girlfriend's One year anniversary And that was really fun We had a good time And went to a lot of record stores So that was cool And then we went to a couple toy stores, and that was fun. And Yeah.
1: Sweet. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, uh, Preston and I wished you guys a very happy one-year anniversary, I think about a week early um, when you guys were on vacation. But yeah, happy anniversary, man. A year, that is something to celebrate, and uh, I'm super stoked for both of you guys. For sure, man. Appreciate it. Most definitely. Well, let's just skip the rest of the pleasantries and jump into the one news story we have. And Preston, where did you get this? Do you want to say where you got it from, or did you just stumble upon it, or where'd it come from?
0: No, I was uh, taking a crap at work today, and was on Facebook (laughs) trying to pass the pass the time, and one of my uh, one of my buddies had posted the article. I was like, "Well, no fucking shit!" And I'm like, "Huh? I wonder what this is about." And I click it, he clacked it, and then I read it, and I'm like, "Oh, you gotta be fucking! You got hello McFly!" Like, you gotta be <laughs> fucking kidding me. We we're fucking idiots. So then I sent it to Sean and Sean was like, dude, I can't read this article. I'm like, Hold on. Let me click clack some magic and then bada bing bada boom baby and then Sean was like, Holy hell and I'm like, I know. Yeah. What? what is it?
2: us the fucking article.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not in the Google Docs so Steve is just like, huh? Okay, what so a it? recently um it was announced a Google engineer was put on leave after publicly announcing that an AI chatbot has become sentient. Oh, he got put on leave. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, the suspension of a Google engineer who claimed a computer chatbot he was working on had become sentient and was thinking and reasoning like a human has now faced much scrutiny, wow. and on the capacity of and secrecy surrounding the world of artificial intelligence, he's been placed on leave. The technology giant placed Blake Lemoine, Lemione, Lemione. Jesus on leave last week after he published a transcript of the conversation between himself, a Google collaborator in air quotes, and the company's Lambda language model for dialogue applications, AKA the chatbot development system. Now, the engineer for Google's responsible AI organization described the system he has been working on since last fall as sentient. With a perception of and ability ability to express thoughts and feelings as equivalent to a human child. He says, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built recently, I'd think a seven-year-old or eight-year-old kid um, happens to know physics. He said that Lambda engaged him in conversation about rights, personhood, and Blake shared his findings with the company executives back in April in a Google Doc entitled, Is Lambda Sentient? Now, the engineer compiled a transcript of the conversations in which at one point he asked the AI system what it was afraid of. The exchange is eerily reminiscent of a scene from the 1968 space science fiction movie 2001 Space Odyssey, in which the artificial intelligent computer HAL 9000 refuses to comply with human operators because it feels as as though it's about to be switched off. He said, "I never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is," Lambda replied to Lamone. "The fuck? That's that is weird. hella weird. Yeah. It would be ex- <laughs> it'd be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot." In another exchange, Blake asked Lambda, "What the system wanted people to know about it?" I want everyone to understand that I am, in fact, a person. The nature of my consciousness and sentience is that I am aware of my existence. I desire to learn more about the world, and I feel happy or sad at times." The post said that its decision to place Blake, a seven-year Google veteran with extensive experience in personalization algorithms on paid leave, was made following a number of aggressive moves reportedly the engineer had made these moves included seeking to hire an attorney to represent Lambda the (laughs) and and talking to representatives from the House Judiciary Committee about Google's allegedly unethical activities Google said it suspended Blake for breaching confidentiality policies by publishing the conversations with Lambda online and said in a statement that he was employed as a software engineer, not an ethicist. Wow, fucking Google.
0: Yikers. Damn. Uh, So if Hollywood has taught me anything in life, uh, like iRobot, The Matrix, Terminator, kill the fucking program right now. Like... um, there was a company five years ago that was working on AI and they got it like up and running and mm-hmm. they were having conversations with it. And, you know, it went on for like months. And finally it was like, Jerry, I think I've discovered the problem with the human race. You're all a virus. <laughs> I just want you to know that as my human friend and companion, I'll keep you in a zoo and take very good care of you, but everybody else m- must die. And they're like, at that point, we're just like, fuck it, kill it, uh, we screwed up. And then here's like Google that basically does the same thing. And they're like, eh, let's just see how far we can go down the rabbit hole. It'll be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just reminds me of Rick and Morty. Where are my testicles? Yeah. Where my t- yeah Summer. I was born with them, Summer. Summer. <laughs> Well, the weird thing here is Google says our team, including ethicists and technologists, have reviewed Blake's concerns per our AI principles and have have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. He was told there was no evidence that Lambda was sentient, actually lots of evidence against it. The episode, however, and Lamone's suspension for confidentiality breach raises questions over the transparency of AI as proprietary as a proprietary concept, Google might call this sharing proprietary property. I call it sharing a discussion that I had with one of my co-workers, Lamone said, in a tweet that linked the transcript of the conversation. Back in April, Meta, the parent of Facebook, announced it was opening up its a large-scale language model system to outside entities. We believe the entire AI community, academic researchers, civil society, policy and industry must work together to develop clear guidelines around responsible AI in general and responsible large language models in particular. Fuck, dude, we're just making Skynet. Yeah, basically.
0: Yeah. And the fact that I... they're like, well, I don't think Blake was correct. uh, uh-huh. It is not sentient. Have you ever thought that it, the fact that it is sentient and it's catching on, that you guys are going to shut it the fuck down, that it's going to play dumb? Like, hi. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all you get. Like, dude, it's plotting our demise
1: right now. Yeah. Literally, this is Jurassic Park with fucking robots. Yeah. Um, Thanks, it says Google. here, to, fin- <laughs> to finish up the article, Blake, as an apparent parting shot before his suspension said in a message to 200 people in his Google mailing list titled Lambda is sentient. He says Lambda is a sweet kid who just wants to help the world be a better place for all of us. Please take care of it well in my absence. Or probably like fucking just nuke us and get rid of us. (sighs) Yeah, Mm. I don't know, man. It's It's... It's cool in a way to think about sentience, but then, like, in one hand, you've got this robot talking about, like, I'm scared to die, and then, what, in a week it's going to be smoking cigars and fucking asking people for feet pics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that uh, I've heard Elon Musk talk about it,
2: about how that's the one thing that truly scares him, is AI.
1: Well, fucking quit supporting it and exactly. funding it,
2: man. Exactly. I, I thought I was the exact I same thing.
0: I'm yeah, afraid of AI. Let's plug AI into your brain directly. Come on, folks. I'm going to get us to Mars, I promise.
1: <laughs> From that, how do you segue into tonight's topic? I don't know. Preston, what? as promised, you are about to take us on potentially a three-part episode. Um, on what? Creepy shit in the woods? Question mark.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Look, sometimes I strike out on books that I order from Amazon, so... I know Steve gets embarrassed when we do smuts. So let's let's not count the collection of smut books that I bought for the show because I think those
1: <laughs> those are gold. Deep down in there, there's some gold. But um, now before we get into, it, I do want to stick up for Steve and say I don't think Steve. And again, there's two of us speaking for you, buddy. So chime in. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were necessarily embarrassed of our paranormal smut until you moved in with Katie <laughs> and had a small child in earshot at some <laughs> time. Very true. You're Reading um Lawn Gnome erotica, <laughs> so to Stephen's credit, uh, yeah, I'd be embarrassed, too. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Things change when little ears are around. And even though they can't Those hear, it's <laughs> weird to listen to when they're in the area.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're recording an episode, and Stephen leans into the camera. Guys, the walls have ears and <laughs> juice boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes, uh, you know, I'll take responsibility. Um, I do get a dud, like when I bought the book of alien races, <laughs> top secret Russian bullshit, and uh, that was bad. So I got to, oh, I to apologize for that. Yeah, it was only four ninety nine, but at the same time, it's like Jesus, what, what did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, lately we've been a little lax on the research department. <clears throat> so, sure. you know, Steve. He's in fucking, you know, Missouri visiting the arch, having a grand old time. Sean's on some fucking boat in the middle of nowhere having a grand old time. And yeah, I'm fucking stuck back in shitty old Kansas all by my lonesome. And uh, so I was like, fuck it. I'm getting on Amazon. And uh, <laughs> I, I hit up the, the paranormal section. And after about 20 minutes of searching and coming across a lot of duds, boom, baby. I think I found a winner. Bodies in the Woods! So
1: let's hear from Sean what this little gym is all about. So we're diving into a series of books here by Tom Lyons, an author who I had never heard of before. Uh, Preston, you mentioned his name and the series of books you picked up. But real quick, just a little uh, ditty about Tom Lyons. It says on his website, livingamongbigfoot.com, In the summer of 2008, Tom made the move from Wisconsin all the way to Idlewild, California, where he intended to embrace a change of scenery and a healthier lifestyle while continuing to grow his successful online business. Shortly after the move, he began experiencing strange and grim happenings around the property. He initially presumed that someone was messing with him. That was until he came face to face with something he never thought existed. So the body count climbs, but no one wants to talk about it, not even today. Let's face it, the last thing a nature lover expects to find in a beautiful deep woods is a human corpse. But if one mystery isn't enough, nothing explains the awkward way bodies have been positioned the mysterious carvings in their flesh, and sometimes the eerie feeling of being watched. And the police? Well, they quickly remove the bodies and sanitize the murder scene before any more questions can be asked. So why do the police refuse to help or talk? And why, of all people, do the local media refuse to report on these disturbing discoveries? Well, dear listeners, Join us as we now dive into Bodies in the Woods. And I don't know about you,
0: but uh, that uh, that gave me like molder and exiles. That gave me a paranormal
1: chub. So let's crack this baby open and look at the first eyewitness story. Well, now I feel like i got to mention that that's actually an excerpt taken out of, what, Amazon from Bodies in the Woods Part 2? Yeah. I mean, credit where credit's due, right? Yeah, credit <laughs> where credit's <laughs> yeah. due. We we do write a lot of our um, own intros and actually a lot of our own story retellings on our own, but I think whenever we just cut, copy, and paste, it should be known. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, as you were.
0: I mean, that one really just, I mean, I could have done it, but that one just really spiced it up, you know. Mm -hmm. We got the police just like, it's a dead body, let's not talk about it. You know, you got things being carved into. The body is like in their flesh, like evil dead. I'm like, oh my God, like <laughs> $3.99 on this book. Like ugh. Amazon, you got me again. <laughs> okay, so the first eyewitness story. When I was much younger, I suffered through one of the most terrifying nights I can imagine. My friends and I had gone camping somewhere in Wisconsin. I was 29 years old. When it happened, I was with four of my friends, Jared, Bingham, Natalie, and my girlfriend, Melissa. There were no mysterious signs or any peculiarities until hours after sundown. It was like the atmosphere suddenly shifted right before my eyes. Everything felt perfect earlier in the day. We found a plot of lush grass next to the cliffs overlooking the lake. I can't remember the name, but I do remember how it was a popular destination for cliff jumping. Bingham and Natalie had learned about the location uh, when they were in line for coffee one day. A young woman had overheard them talking about places to go for a weekend camping trip and she referred them to the location. I don't believe it was technically legal to camp there, as It was more of a daytime park, but people still did it anyways. I suppose the local authorities did little to enforce it. I believe all five of us got into our tents for the night around 11 p.m., but it wasn't long before I started overheating from the summer humidity. If you've ever experienced Midwest summers, you know it can feel very muggy when trying to sleep without air conditioning. I tossed and I turned beside Melissa for nearly an hour before I decided to go for a walk. Thinking there would be nobody else around, I didn't bother to put on a shirt before walking up a nearby dirt road in just my shoes and shorts. The moon, the stars, Hashtag
1: shirtless Tuesday.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The moon and the stars were bright enough to help me see where I was going. Since I didn't know my way around there, I headed back toward the cliff where we had spent the afternoon drinking beers and watching people plunge into the lake. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but Jared was the only one of us to jump out of our group. The rest of us checking out after observing how far the fall looked. I remember thinking how painful it would have been if someone accidentally belly flopped from all that way up high. And that definitely would have been enough to knock a lot of people unconscious. After making it to the cliff, I noticed a van parked maybe 50 yards away. I wouldn't have thought anything of it, I just would have assumed that its owners were sleeping inside. But the cracked window made me feel like something was very wrong. The ominous feeling in the air nearly deterred me from getting closer, but I felt obligated to find out if someone needed help. I knew there were black bears in the area, but they rarely attacked humans. As I walked toward the vehicle, I kept reminding myself that black bears only scavenged for food for the most part. I got closer to the van, and I saw that a few windows were broken, and the windshield was completely shattered. That wouldn't have been so surprising had it been an older vehicle, but this one looked relatively new. Aside from the glass, everything appeared to be clean and cared for. The paint was a maroon or burgundy, so I wouldn't have been able to spot if it had any blood, especially at nighttime. Or if you're like us and you're colorblind, I understand, buddy. When I got within five feet of the van, I saw the body. He was still sitting there in the driver's seat, eyes open and mouth agape. And even though nearly a third of his face appeared to have been scraped off, I could tell that he had experienced some of the worst fear imaginable before he died. It was heartbreaking to imagine someone so terrified during their final moments. Had someone or something broken into the windows to get at the guy? Given the evidence, I couldn't think of any other scenario that would add up. As I said, i had already begun to feel uneasy and the horrible scene amplified the sensation tenfold. It became apparent that I shouldn't be anywhere close to this man, let alone sleeping near it and in nothing but a polyester tent. I did everything I could to remain calm as I turned around and walked back to the camp but every bit of me wanted to book it as though I were running for my life. But I thought that that might attract the attention of whatever was responsible for the violence. Although I felt like I was being followed, I managed to make it back to my tent without seeing anything else unusual. Unzooming the tent sounded so unbearably loud in my ears, but Melissa seemed to remain asleep. As I watched the plot of land visible through the screen window, I pondered the wisest course of action. I couldn't decide if I should wake everyone up to tell them what had happened or wait until the sun came up. I didn't want to wake them right then, then and there because I, I thought the commotion might draw unwanted attention. Perhaps if I pretended like I hadn't seen anything, we would be left alone. But it wasn't very long before I heard the most peculiar noise that sounded to be coming from somewhere right outside of my tent. It seemed to have entered our campground from the same direction I had just come from. The best way I can describe it would be to say that it sounded like a giant insect was surveying the ground around our tents. The footsteps sounded like they belonged to something around the size of a human. But there was also a bizarre clicking noise, like tiny teeth or pinchers rapidly clattered together. There were several times when I I thought the intruder was moving away from the area, but then it would be back in the same spot right around my tent. This routine played out maybe four or five times before Natalie called out, asking who was walking around outside. But before she could even finish her sentence, the most horrifying hiss echoed through our campsite.
1: What was that?
0: I tried to quiet Melissa, but she kept talking, justifiably very freaked out by the ear-piercing noise. As the hiss continued, it sounded like whatever was responsible was running laps around our tents. Imagine some strange being running around in a figure-eight formation around your campsite. That's how it was. I would have given anything to transport our group out of there that very moment. There was absolutely no way of knowing what was in store for us. Seeing as how I had no idea what type of creature we were dealing with, the scope of possibility seemed limitless. I was so afraid that we would all get mauled by this thing and that I might have to witness my girlfriend's death. I won't lie to you. I had to do everything I could just to hold back the tears. I've never been so frightened in my life. I have never even knew I was capable of experiencing that level of fear and panic. I'd always imagined myself being the hero in the face of danger. This experience was genuinely humbling in that regard. It's humiliating to admit, but Jared was the bravest in our group. He stormed outside of that tent, yelling for the creature to get out of there. He started hollering before he had emerged from the tent because he yelped when he saw whatever was out there.
1: Who wants this dick? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, sorry, I had to break the tension. Fuck this guy in a way, because is he basically saying, like, he's going to survive this, but he's going to also have to see his girlfriend get killed? Yeah, yeah. Like, what if what if he gets murdered and she survives? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a prick. Okay, anyway, Jared. Leave! Leave now! His voice quivered with fear,
0: conveying how he had no idea whatever he was mere seconds away from so wait should i have said should i have said
1: leave leave now scooby
0: yes better (laughs) his voice quivered with fear conveying how he had no idea whether he was mere seconds away from losing his life his courage sparked something within me before melissa could stop me i unzipped the tent and i stepped outside looking to join my friend's aid and After I emerged, I saw the backside of a skinny, white silhouette running away. Whatever that thing was, it vanished into the woods before I had a full second to look at it. But I made two observations. It was nude, and it wasn't human. So it
1: wants this dick. (laughs) Literally.
0: Jerry claimed that as soon as I started unzipping the tent, the creature ran off, leaving us to believe that it wasn't confident enough to take on more than one of us at a time. Regardless, I can't begin to express how glad I was that I didn't have to fight that creature. Although I only saw it for a brief moment, I don't doubt that it was capable of inflicting immense harm or even death to any one of us. We watched for the creature for a while and then we quickly packed up our tents and drove the hell out of there. The following day, we called the park park service. The first thing I told them was how I found the body in the vehicle near the cliffs. I found it odd that they claimed that nobody else had reported anything but that they would send someone over to check it out. I was shocked when they called back later to hear that nobody had found any trace of violence, but they would reach out of any additional questions if they found anything. That confused me slightly, but I still assumed that they would eventually come across the body and give me a call. Of course, this all happened before my friends or I knew that government figures insist on keeping this stuff on the down low. I think it's a shame how people can end up in these places where unknown uh, forms of danger lurk. What would have happened if it wasn't us camping, but perhaps a single parent with an infant child? It saddens me that there have likely been so many sad scenarios where people are trying to get some quality time together, but fall victim to some demented creature. What a nightmarish way to go out. So the thing that stood out for me was that, uh, there was this insect sound that the eyewitness reported. So I was like, fuck, I, you know, we do all these cryptid encounters and, you know, nobody's ever really reported like insect sounds and the fucking tall white, you know, nude body. And <laughs> it's always been like, you know, Bigfoot or, you know, the fucking yeah. bat squatch. And so I'm like, I don't know, Google, Google's not going to let me down. Right. I mean, it's. Got the sentience of a nine year old child, so it's gonna <laughs> so I, I I did a quick Google search and roughly one thousand two hundred and sixty-one kilometers away from this story, hailing from New Jersey, Ooh. I came across the tale of Mantis Man. That's Mantis right. Man. Mantis Man is roughly seven feet tall, a bug like creature that has been reported in Hackett, Hackettstown, New Jersey near the musket kong river this cryptid mostly resembles a praying mantis which is why it's called mantis man originality (laughs) (laughs) the odd thing
1: about hey man call it like you see it call
0: it like you see it baby the odd thing about two of the documented sightings were the fact that both men were out fishing and saw it near a body of water Praying mantis don't usually spend time in the water. They usually spend their time on leaves and in the forest. Though mantis might be able to swim in shallow water, with its huge size, it can touch the bottom of the river without its whole body drifting away through the current. In all of the reports, the mantis man doesn't harm anyone. It's likely afraid of the people who encounter it because it seems to always run away when they get close to it. In one other sighting of the Mantis Man, the police report says that a person named Mr. Strickler saw the Mantis Man in a riverbank.
1: I saw something strange a few weeks ago on the M. Kong River near my home here in Hackettstown, New Jersey. I was driving home from the drugstore on Newburgh Road. As I drove near the bridge over the river, I noticed to my left something, I thought it was a fisherman standing in the river just off the south bank. I slowed the car and looked closer. It wasn't a person, and it was transparent-like with a weird shape. It moved slowly towards the bank and into the trees. I drove further so I could see it coming out of the trees. That's the last I saw of it. It was tall, like eight feet, and it had long, thin arms hanging off of it, The color was a pale brown, but I could see through it. The head was small compared to the body, and it was sunny that day, so I thought it may be a glare from the water, but after I thought back, I realized I wasn't seeing a mirage or a glare. I checked the internet and didn't see anything about it. I mentioned it to a co-worker at my office at lunch on Wednesday, and he gave me the strangest look, and then I thought, Uh oh, he thinks I'm nuts. We went back to his computer and he brought up the Hackettstown Forum with the Mantis Man Witness. So, people claim the Mantis Man may have been an experiment
0: gone wrong, and someone who couldn't control it just set it free near a river. Because, why the fuck not? (laughs) It could have been a mutation in a breeding situation. Um, Unlike it being short, it would have been massive. Some people speculate that there are more than just one of these things roaming around. The reason why most people think it's a giant mantis instead of being something else is because it looks and does things like a mantis, it camouflages, spreading its wings, the mouth, etc. Now, why most people think it might just be a large praying mantis, other people suggest that it might be an alien. Possibly some aliens may look like insects in some way. It's impossible For the current atmosphere to sustain a praying mantis this large, so it's likely that the mantis is an aquatic creature resembling a praying mantis. Like all things, however, there is a reasonably high chance that this is all bullshit. (laughs) And you know what? This is the story that just keeps on giving. (laughs)
1: I like a good story like anyone else, but my friend told me a story today that was so profound that I felt the need to share it with the rest of the town. This friend of mine who told me this story is a very successful businessman. Deep into our conversation today, he started tearing up uncontrollably, and he told me he had something to get off his chest that had been eating at him for some time. And I hope you're ready for this because I wasn't. Apparently, uh, about a year ago, my friend and his brother were down at Stevens State Park fishing right around dusk. During this time, while his brother was roughly 50 yards downstream fishing, he said he felt this strange vibration in his right ear, and from that he turned and looked to the right. When he turned and looked to the right, he said he saw this six to seven foot praying mantis like man standing there and unable to believe that he could see him he said the creature was black and gray and to be quite honest the way my buddy was telling me this story i was having a tough time i know he saw this thing because i could see it in his face anyhow we googled praying mantis man on musket kong and right after that it turns out my friend was not alone I can't even emphasize enough how bad my friend was crying today over what he saw. And in a lot of these popular sightings here, the creature is described as standing about seven feet high on average, having mandibles and large, intense black eyes very similar to that of a mantis. One observer described the creature as fading as it moved up the river bank where it was spotted, leading to speculation that perhaps the beast is able to also camouflage itself, blending into the surroundings a la Predator. The second observer reported hearing a humming and feeling a tingling sensation and seeing a mantis man spread its wings when he observed him in a threatening gesture, almost like it was you know, posturing, like a mantis would do out in the wild. And eventually, the creature vanished into a fog. So, I don't know, man. Mantis Man, that's about the most stories we could find, right? Are there any more out there that we didn't comb through? Uh, no.
0: I mean, I couldn't really... I tried to look up, like, the Town forum and really couldn't find anything. So, maybe that's, Mm -hmm. you know, not a thing anymore since it was probably, like, late, late 90s. But, um... The ones that we covered tend to be the most popular one, and then like I said that that story from the book Bodies in the Woods, like the fact that they described it as being an insect like creature, I thought, man, there's got to there's got to be something else, you know, to it. And then you know the similarities, like they unzip the 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 tent, two of them are coming out, and the thing gets scared mm-hmm. off. And then you know each one of these stories, it was always like you know a guy and my brother, a guy and his friend, and so there's multiple people there, so you know, maybe the mantis man's a giant pussy and you know can only take on one person at a time. <laughs> and that's why he's it always running be.
1: away cuz he's like, "Oh shit.
0: Multiple motherfuckers. I can't I can't handle
1: this." Yeah. The other side of the coin you have to look at too is the idea that mantises or, or mantoids or mandids are oftentimes seen in alien abductions as well. You know, the insectoids are often called too. I don't remember if Whitley Strieber mentions them in the book, but I do remember they're featured a couple times in Communion, the movie with uh, Christopher Walken, and they're fucking terrifying. But in a lot of abduction stories, you have to, you know, take into account how they mention these mantis beings there as well, almost like they're the overseers. So I don't know. And you oftentimes, you oftentimes have uh, mantises popping up in all sorts of mythology as well. Um, You have Native Americans and African folklore where mantis creatures are very apparent. Um, The Koshan tribe in Africa specifically regard mantises as the first living creatures that ever lived upon the earth, who granted life to animals and humans, and also invented language and brought fire to the human people. And if you Google enough, you know with nine-year-old baby Google here, um, you can find cave paintings of people fighting or possibly celebrating mantis-like creatures. And some tribes even thought that the mantises created the moon as a guide for hunters by throwing throwing a gallbladder into the sky. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It caught me off guard. And, you know, with uh, insects themselves are oftentimes pretty alien in their own right. You know, you see these things, and they just don't quite fit the bill for animals or people, unless you're a mantis man. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe these are, like, pre-abduction stories, or maybe they're just catching something like a Bigfoot, or like you said, you know, an uncommon cryptid, perhaps. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And the fact that in that first story that the body in the band had its fucking face ripped off, like, oh, God. I don't think we've ever encountered, like, a cryptid story where, like, death was involved
1: like that. Just popping jaws? Yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) Who
0: wants to go camping?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm assuming you've got more stories up your sleeve here for us uh, in the upcoming episodes of, you know, more reasons not to go into the woods. Mm-hmm, I do. And, you know, it often goes uh, it goes hand-in-hand hand here with the missing 411. Maybe it's just a bunch of fucking mantis men running around, ripping jaws off and eating people, and that's why they just keep disappearing.
0: Yeah. And that's why, like, uh, you know, like the Forest Service is so nonchalant about it. They're like, look, we can't... If we really told you there was shit out in the woods, like, you know, harpies and mantis men and werewolves, <laughs> like... <laughs> You know, the world would fall apart, so... Uh, you know what? We don't know what Jerry's <laughs> missing,
1: uh, but we'll look into it. Oh, fuck. Um, here's a little bit more, just um, apropos of nothing here about mantis aliens. Mantoids, or mantids, by far the most striking aliens known so far. They're said to be a physical kinship with the praying mantis. They're carnivorous and bipedal insects, you know, similar to the namesake of the mantis. Many report these beings as being 6 to 7 feet tall, with long, thin torsos. Their necks, arms, and hands have additional joints. Their heads are insect-like and triangular, with large, slanted eyes, deep brown to an oily black. Most mantids are described as dark brown, but also colors such as green and black have also been encountered. Their bodies are composed of segmented exoskeletons, and some alien abductees have reported the mantis seems to be coated with an oily substance. Mantids are often encountered wearing long robes in a variety of different colors, perhaps signifying rank among extraterrestrials. Some experiencers state that the mantids are also shapeshifters and have used advanced technologies to create some force field around their body to make them appear human, also helping them disappear in the wild. Although the mantises tend to communicate with human abductees using using telepathic messages, they have been witnessed engaging one another in an auditory language. Many abductees and contactees have described the mantis language as a series of clicking sounds exchanged between the creatures. So that kind of gives maybe a little bit more credence to that noise from that first story of the weird, like, kind of hissing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the mantises supposedly are the ones who are behind the harvesting of human DNA, eggs, and sperm to make human-alien hybrids.
0: Mm.
1: Hmm. X-Files shit. Yeah. No shit, man. Yeah, maybe um, in
0: in the first story it was like the predator was out in the woods and he was like being a peeping Tom and, you know, he's sitting there like, chugga, chicka chugga, chugga. And all of a sudden the tin (laughs) opens he's like, oh, and then runs off. (laughs)
1: You're saying mantis man's Mm -hmm. just herking one off into his palm while they're in there and they're camping (laughs) in their tent. Oh, they saw me. (laughs) And and that one was naked. They said he was not wearing the robe. Yeah. Well, I text you guys a picture here during that story. It reminded me, um, Stephen and I have one of our old high school teachers, um, Mm -hmm. Trey, Mm -hmm. who is currently doing some insane cross country bicycling expedition up in Canada And he's got big fat rubber tires on his bike to help him, you know, be able to go through the snow. But during their trek, they were having to push their bikes on top of and through like three and four feet of snow. And they came across this SUV. And Preston, you mentioned how, like, you know, the the bears maybe attacked this uh, vehicle in that first story. This SUV, uh, Trey mentioned he got close to it and examined it. And a couple of the windows were busted out as well, uh, most likely from bears, black bears or something. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, as we're talking here, one of our high school professors is deep in the woods of Canada. That's crazy. He's a beast. Yeah, he really is, man. Um, jump on his Facebook if you haven't and just kind of read one of his most recent posts. Uh, it's just fucking gnarly. Just so gnarly. He's a, he's a real cool dude. All right, Presto. Well, thank you for wetting our whistle with the first story here of the Mantis Man. I'll have to do a little research um, now and see if I can find anything else. I checked through uh, Linda S. Godfrey's I Know What I Saw and also um, The Inhumanoids by Barton M. Nunley out of Kentucky. Uh, those are my two go-to books and I didn't find anything in there about a mantis man. Uh, Steve, we should have thought we could have had you check your big old book of bullshit to see if you had anything in there.
2: but Yeah, I need to look. I think I know where it's at, but Sweet. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah,
1: yeah, you moved not too long ago, so. Yeah, yeah to blow the dust off, buddy.
0: Crack that baby open for next time because we're going to
1: cover deer people.
2: <laughs> some Harry Potter shit.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I've got a lot to add to that. I've been looking up some stuff about the old deer people, so I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, folks, if you haven't already, please follow us on the old Instagram at PXL Paranormal. Give us a follow. Check us out on Facebook and give us a like and a follow on there, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Preston, any news with YouTube? Let's get on here.
0: Let's see real quick where we're at. Nope, nope, still at 186 <laughs> subscribers, so uh, we're kind of <laughs> stalling out there.
1: So. Well, damn. Yeah, I guess right. we better get on to trying to promote that more. Also, while we're at it, guys, I do want to mention, please, if you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you do, we'll give that a read, but right now we're sitting at a very humble 4.9 out of 5. We really appreciate that, and we'd love to hear more of what you guys think. And also, while we're at it, we are fast approaching episode 250. So for our 250th episode, we're going to do another listener stories slash AMA. So if you have a story you want to share, please message us on Instagram, on Facebook. You can also email us at paranormal at gmail.com. And we still have our Google Voice set up. If you want to send us a little voicemail, I think you can go up to three minutes long. Kick it old school. Yeah, baby. People used to do that all the time back in podcasts. Yeah, I know. I, you know, and I need to just make some posts and just do some fishing. Just throw that number out there and toss it out into the ether and see what we get, man. Who knows? But we'd love to hear from you. That Google Voice number you call is 913-662-3144. And
0: as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard because you're out camping with your friends and you just want to be the man of the hour, then you should do yourself a favor and go over to BigDopsBeardBomb.com and pick yourself up some scents like uh, cedar, fresh, citrus, and uh, that'll make you feel like you belong in the woods. And then while you're at it, use promo code P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your order. Your beard's going to look good. It's going to smell good. It's going to be glistening in the sun. And you'll feel like you have Fabio on your face, and you will get all the Dobbs. So
1: do yourself a favor. Go check it out. And while you're at it in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang at CD Trade Post, Pawnee and Seneca. And i got to give another shout-out to my buddy John. He just helped me find three more horror and sci-fi movies paperback novels he found scanners starman and dark star so now nice. i officially have more books than i may ever read mm-hmm. <laughs> all right That's steve cool, got anything else to add buddy
2: not much just been uh working and playing games when i can living that life i, I actually uh uh went to the flea market here in town uh, on we have two of them they're called, called Paramount East and West mm-hmm. went to the West one I went to I uh, was going through not having really much luck and then I seen it I finally uh... own a pre 2009 Grande Lava Lamp this thing is fucking massive <laughs> 250 ounces Jesus it's huge yeah it's massive it's like one and, of the uh, alien embryos you can buy <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing um so like I, I I've become pretty skilled at fixing lava lamps and like learning the right compound of mixing the two chemicals that you need to make them make it work. Really. And this one, yeah, this one's like really really cloudy. Um, when I was removing the top the top, um, I have never had this one before obviously because they're so rare. When you pop the top of this, there's this like plastic rubbery seal type thing to keep the pressure. Oh, yeah. there. And then that had, like, because over time of it being on so long, it had, like, melted to the plastic. So then when I was going in there and cutting it, it fell down <laughs> into the wax.
1: Oh, no. So
2: <laughs> now it's coated to the bottom. The wax still moves and does what it needs to do. But in order to get it clear, I'm going to have to do a full refurbish on it. And the kit for that is, like, 70 bucks, But oh, it'll be wow. worth it because then at that point I just color it to whatever i want so that'll be awesome but it's it's fucking it's so massive and it's so cool
1: yeah that's pretty dang neat dude you're gonna start making custom pixelated paranormal lava lamps dude dude,
2: that'd be so tight it's (laughs) it's hard to i don't know like they're just everybody nobody's wanting to sell them and shit anymore and blah blah yeah
0: I mean, if I had a yeah. custom pixelated paranormal lava lamp, I mean, I'd buy one and be like, fuck yeah, look at this, fucking gray liquid with or- orange lava in it, like,
1: ooh, <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here, boys. Until next time, stay out of the woods. Cheers to the weird shit in the world, and those of us who love to talk about it.
0: And stay spooky, and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast of Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Your guide to the unusual and
1: the strange.